What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Passing Downs Podcast. I'm your host, Rahul, and I'm here with my co-host, PD. PD, say what's up. What's up? And we're going to be back with another one of our QB room episodes that we've been doing, really getting to the juicy top few rooms. But before I get started on that, quick shout out to, I guess, our socials. Uh, Just go follow us on Twitter, uh, at PD34 for PDs. For me, I'm at RealRahulPotty2. PD is very active, getting a lot, a lot of interactions recently. So definitely go check that out. Uh, also, if you guys have been enjoying this pod, sub, follow, do whatever you got to do. The series has been very long and a good, been a lot of fun. So please check it out and support if you enjoy. Uh, and with that being said, we're getting into the Jets QB room today. This is, I think, the first of our top six. So like we said, really getting to the juicy ones. If you haven't checked the other ones, like I was saying. Go check that out. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, PD, should we get into the Jets QB room and Aaron Rodgers game? Yeah, so I don't think Aaron Rodgers needs much introduction. Um, among the quarterbacks in the NFL right now, he probably has the best career. Um, really an all-time special talent. Um, and we all know what really drives him uh, as a player. Special, special, all-time arm Um at his best, he used to be able to generate maybe the best velocity in the history of the NFL. Um, has incredible touch, incredible flexibility. Um, some of that has diminished, of course, w- with his uh, age, but um, still has what I would consider a top-tier arm and is still pretty flexible in that degree in terms of arm talent. Um, and his ability to make tight window difficult throws is second to none in NFL history, in my opinion, and still in the league right now. Um, I would put it up there among the very best. Um, he also has some movement skills at this point, definitely not what it once was in his prime. Um, and um, despite the fact that he regressed uh, just a touch um, last year, um, when he's operating at his best, he's one of the very best in NFL history at protecting the football um, at and not throwing interceptions. Um, now, sometimes this comes at the expense of sacks uh, because he doesn't like really consistently testing um, tight windows in, in certain areas, specifically over the middle of the field, um, he doesn't like throwing into traffic like that because it's um, very likely to result in interceptions. Sometimes this can result in taking sacks. And the way you see him generate deep balls is like out of structure on the sidelines or taking shots on goal balls. You saw so many of those with when he was in Green Bay with Devontae Adams. Um, so those are kind of his strengths as a player. And as he's kind of regressed, um, um, and what he is at right now, I think his strength has really, really declined. Um, his ability to kind of break out of sacks, that's become a lot worse. And you can often see him getting kind of yanked to the ground or easily um, pushed to the ground on contact when he's in the pocket. Um, so that's made his ability to avoid sacks worse. And it was only kind of average before. Um Last year with the worst receiving core, he actually did something that I liked um, and put the ball in harm's way more um, in order to generate more explosive plays, which was pretty good for me to see. Um, But um, one big thing that we've been seeing with Rodgers is that his injuries have continued to pile up, and it leads to certain bouts of inaccuracy um, when he's playing through injury and stuff like that. Um, You kind of saw it towards the end of the year, like in the Tennessee game, like we'll talk about. Um, his accuracy issues showed up on a few really easy passes and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, 
an all-time great who's declining, um, but still potentially has a little bit more left in the tank. Um, and we'll discuss as we go on what we think that is. Yeah, <clears throat> I like what you ended off with there, the little bit left in the tank, because that's what this Jets team has kind of, you know, bed themselves on. Aaron Rodgers is kind of one of the biggest stories in the NFL this offseason because it was, I guess, kind of for a while almost certain that he was going to go over to New York, but it wasn't happening for a while, kind of back, going back and forth. I'll get back into that in a second. But the reason a team like the Jets bet on his potential or wouldn't even say potential is just because of what he's proven. I mean, bar the little bit of an off year last year, the previous two years he was – Probably most people would say the best quarterback in the league back-to-back years. Two MVP seasons at ages 37 and 38 is absolutely incredible. Uh, And like PD was saying, in those years, he was very, very accurate. Did a great job of not putting the ball in harm's way. When he did have Devontae Adams and that, I guess, dynamic duo that created for a while, his deep ball was probably the best in the league, and he was still super accurate with that. Uh, did a great job of spreading the ball out uh, there as well. And overall, just came off a bunch of very, very successful teams over there in Green Bay after a little bit of a dry period in his mid-30s where injuries were starting to pile up. And I know you mentioned injuries. That's kind of seeming to happen again here. And the issue now is he is 39. And at this point, and going into his age 40 season next year, and at this point, the injuries, they really pile up compared to what, it once was and clearly he's bounced back he's recovered in the past now you just kind of don't know because at this point his speed like you were saying has definitely declined his the same ability of playmaking and avoiding sacks and you know the Rodgers we know and love running around making crazy throws on the sidelines doing his thing that's definitely uh fallen off a little bit which is natural when you're his age and I think because he's done that because that has happened he has kind of been forced to be more of a pocket passer than he would have been in previous years in his career. And I think that's why he's adopted what PD was saying, where he's a lot more aggressive now with his passes a lot more because he's got to generate those big explosive plays somehow. And now he's doing it with just trying to push the ball downfield in more tight windows and stuff like that, rather than run around, kind of find the guy in open space, do that sort of thing. So I like the way he's kind of changed up his game. It reminds me kind of how even Tom Brady, he didn't change up his game too much, but he did make certain tweaks here and there to adapt to him being a little bit older, not as strong of an arm, uh, not as much mobility. But at this point in his career, he definitely still has a lot of what he had in just, I guess, just a year prior. The accuracy is still, I'd say, one of the best in the league. I'd say some could even argue best in the league still. I think if given a receiver core last year, he, like we said, had probably the worst receiving core in the league. This situation in the Jets, which we'll get into later, of course, is definitely much better for that aspect. And last year, all that, all those situations where he was kind of getting sold by his team, it's really just not going to happen as much. Uh, maybe the turnover-worthy plays go up a little bit more, but that just kind of ties into the aggressiveness. Uh, overall, it's just going to be a very interesting situation because he's coming into a new place for the first time, and we really don't know what to expect out of that version of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, um, one thing I want to argue, um, and I've argued for a very, very long time, 
um, with Rodgers is that I don't, on a throw-to-throw basis, when we look at how accurate he is on every single throw, um, I'm not sure I would call Rodgers a real candidate for um, top accuracy in the league. In terms of his ability to make really tough throws into tight windows, yeah, that stuff is uh, all-time great. But to me, the analogy I like to draw is like, you wouldn't call Kobe Bryant the greatest shooter of all time, right? Um, that That's kind of my thought process. And it's like, yeah, he's incredibly accurate on the most difficult throws, but the amount of throws that he misses um, in a routine way uh, at the expense of making those really tough throws, um, the reason for that is because his mechanics are like very unique to him. He plays from his toes a ton, um, and he uses his upper half a lot more than he uses his lower half, often firing from like his back foot and such. Um, and that arm talent has always carried him so much um and it's allowed him to continue to make these tight window throws but on the easier passes um he tends to miss more uh than than other quarterbacks of the elite tier um i would still call his accuracy good overall um and maybe you want to bump it up a little bit because he can make those tight window throws and they're worth more but um yeah i that's just something i wanted to mention um and it's kind of like this this false correlation between like um, the the really difficult, amazing throws that you see um, with accuracy, where I would correlate consistent tight mechanics, um, uh, consistent use of footwork rather than um, fully using the upper body with uh, accuracy. And um, yeah, that's a big distinction that I wanted to make. I see. And for me, for me, I would say Rogers at this point in his career for sure wouldn't be my top accuracy. And I do see where you're coming from a little bit where I'd push back a bit though, is I guess me and I feel like where most people view like accuracy in general is kind of based off like the difficulty of it. And, or I guess the way I want to put it is we see what he's capable of in terms of making all those difficult types of throws that are incredibly hard to make unless you put it right on the money in pinpoint accuracy. And when we see those type of throws, we can kind of assume we know he can also hit those easier passes. And maybe since he's just so good at those sorts of passes, he sometimes does take the easy passes a little bit, you know, more nonchalant, easier on himself. He's definitely not the type of guy to just go all the way on every single play and that's something I forgot to mention when I was talking about him earlier a second ago is one thing that's kind of been a hindrance to him this last year or so, or maybe the later parts of his career is him kind of going AWOL on teams. And Aaron Rodgers is so great that he's one of those people that can get away with being somewhat of a diva, somewhat like aloof, I guess. We know what he does in his off seasons and whatnot. Uh, but I do think that did hinder his team a little bit last year, and I'm hoping it doesn't happen again in New York, but that's definitely something of issue. But back to what I was saying about the accuracy. I just think since people see those elite accuracy level throws, they know he can make any throw on the field, and that's why he's seen as that crazy level of accuracy, even though he does have a lot of mishaps. And to reference the Kobe analogy, I I know no one says he's like the best spot up shooter of all time, but a lot of people do consider him like the greatest difficult shot maker of all time. And just through that, they think of him as a great shooter, great scorer, because they know he's capable of doing such a insanely difficult thing that the easier shots People just kind of assume that they're going to go in or in case of Rodgers, those simple throws, 
they just should go his way in most scenarios. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to um, expand and explain. Um, all right, speaking of the Jets, um, let's talk about how Aaron Rodgers played last year and what the Jets could expect. Um, so let's jump into the 2022 season um, and start off with week one at Minnesota. Um, and this one was really rough. So first play of the game, Rodgers throws a dot, absolute dime on the money deep down the field for what should be a touchdown. Christian Watson just drops it. Um, and that kind of set the tone for the day for the passing attack. They looked absolutely out of rhythm, out of sorts. Um, Rodgers was really, really bothered by the pressure of the Vikings, took four sacks, um, was holding the ball in certain situations where I thought he shouldn't, put the ball in harm's way multiple times um, with interceptable pass for an interception and a bad fumble. Um, yeah, th- there's there's not much to go off here um, that's in the positive category other than that one Christian Watson, really, really great throw. Um yeah, this was a really, really rough performance overall for the offense and pretty mediocre for Rodgers. Yeah, this was definitely a absolutely brutal watch and probably one of his worst games of the year. And I think this kind of ties into what I was saying earlier with him kind of being, you know, absent in the offseason, you know, going around doing whatever he wants to do and then coming back a little bit. I guess you could see it say you could uh, <clears throat> pretty easily see he was out of sync. He wasn't you know, full ability Aaron Rodgers after coming back from back-to-back MVP seasons, you could see a clear drop-off. And one thing I do want to point out is obviously this receiver room, especially at this point in the year, was very bad. And after Rodgers kind of had the same group of people for a long time, uh, he had obviously built chemistry with them. And one thing we've always said about Aaron Rodgers is he's a very chemistry-heavy quarterback, When he has a good relationship with his receivers, that offense flows a lot better than when it's a bunch of people he either doesn't want to play with or just can't gel with, and that's what it looked like here. It was a bunch of receivers not on the same page whatsoever with him, and it showed with how bad this offense ended up performing. He had, like you said, the pretty bad fumble, pretty bad pick. It seemed like he was holding the ball way longer than you would normally expect Rodgers to, and that led to a bunch of sacks and just pressure in his face all day. Rodgers looking with that classic disappointed face that he always does. I also felt like they just kind of knocked him off his rhythm, his game. That's why he seemed a lot less accurate. He was a lot more jumpy than normal, and he's one of those guys who just has a unique style of, uh, I guess you could say, mechanics for a quarterback. And he just, it it just feels smooth to watch 99% of the time when you're watching Rodgers. But in this one, it just seemed like he was jumpy and out of it. Uh, I think it was just a combo of all the things I mentioned him with the new inexperienced and really not so good receiver room, along with him kind of shaking off the rust of, well, kind of not really playing football all offseason. And it just combined to being a really bad performance. All right, moving on to the next one. So he does bounce back in a major way um, against a disastrous Chicago defense, of course. But, um, yeah, there's there's no way to slice this one um, other than to say he was really, really good. Uh, made a couple of fantastic throws deep down the field. Um, they kept the ball to, close to the line of scrimmage other than those few shot plays. Um, but, yeah, Rodgers was really accurate. Those two uh, fantastic throws, like I mentioned. He does take three sacks, which I didn't like, but – um, yeah, overall, that can only bring it down to just a really, really good game um, because without those, I think this would be an elite performance. Um, so, yeah, very, very good. 
Yeah, no matter how bad or old Rodgers gets, I think he'll never miss on an opportunity to own the Bears. And this is just another example of that. I think coming in, everyone knew that this this is just Rodgers' things. The This is what he does against the Chicago team for like a decade now. Uh, like I think he, I think this was the game where he said it, or maybe it was the other one this season. But he said, "I still own you guys," and he's absolutely right. Uh, he came off that disaster performance and just dominated this team. And like you mentioned, this was just a terrible defense. Even the rushing game was going crazy. But Rodgers was doing his thing. He was incredibly accurate. It felt like he was missing no throws, and the only incompletions were just slight miscues by him, or and there was a drop or two as well. Uh, his lack of mobility at this point in his career did show still like even with a pretty poor offense he still took a lot of sacks and dealt with a lot of pressure which I don't think he would have in like a year or two uh, before Uh, but one thing he did a great job of this game which he really wasn't even looking to do last game aside from that one throw that you mentioned was go downfield and really attack there's just so much open that he he could just do whatever he wanted, really. And since he doesn't have a true number one receiver, I guess his go-to type of guy, uh, a lot of games he attacked teams by just spreading the ball out to literally everybody. And that's something he's always done, but I guess he he's always had one elite receiver he likes to go to, and this team obviously doesn't have that. Uh, so he did a great job of adapting to that fact in this game, which he really struggled with in... I'd say most of this season dealing with that. But in this game, he figured out a way to work because, well, it was the Bears. So very, very good game for him. Uh, Probably one of his better ones of the year. Yeah, I I would agree with that last point. Um, All right, moving on to the next one against Tampa Bay. So uh, this one was a little bit of a weird one. The Packers really keeping the ball close to the line of scrimmage in this one. Um, trying to get the ball out of Rodgers' hands fast. Um, and there were some really, really fantastic RPO throws in this one. Um, Rodgers' release and, and his ability to just flick the ball um, from those uh, specific design plays it has always been fantastic. And it really, really showed in this game, allowing his receivers to run for yak opportunities a number of times. Um, made a couple of explosive plays here and there. Does have a turnover-worthy play in there, but I didn't think it took away from his game enough for me to not say it was a good game. I thought he played um, very well with those really, really precise throws, um, really helping his value in this one. Um, and yeah, good bounce back after the Minnesota game as well. Uh, I know they didn't play like that bad, but this was by far the most cooked version of Rodgers versus Brady we could have ever seen. It's almost to the point where I don't even know if I want it. But we got it, and it was definitely their age definitely showed in this because I mean we've seen this battle time and time again, especially when they were in the same conference these past few years, and this was definitely you could see their age for the first time show. Uh, but despite that, like you said, he definitely had a good game once again. Uh, I think he finally started to find that guy he wants to go to. I think later in the year it became Christian Watson, but at this point it definitely was Romeo Dobbs. And this, he was probably the best receiver in this room, and Rodgers definitely took advantage. I, I love the fact that he was finally getting that relationship going. Uh, also, this defense kind of shut down the Packers' run game, so a lot of it did fall on Rodgers, which at this point in his career, I know he's always been a huge volume passer, but this year they tried to limit that as much as they could, but they had no choice in this one. 
Uh, I think he did a great job of getting rid of the ball in this game. Uh, he, like you were mentioning, the uh, he his like flick type of throwing motion that just like flings the ball out there real quick was really showing here because I think the Bucks came out really ferocious trying to blitz him as much as they could, put him under pressure and duress because it worked the last couple of weeks. But he did a good job of adjusting, getting the ball out to his hot routes as much as possible. Uh, and when they kind of started sagging off because they were just getting cooked by that, he was also able to go deep, hit a call, hit on a couple of deeper shots and really worked the intermediate range of the field as well. Uh, I, it would have been even better if he didn't have that one pick that almost did cost him the game. Uh, and just a quiet second half in general for the offense because I think th- they were starting to get a little figured out. This offense is a kind of doesn't have enough talent to consistently score against even average defenses, I felt like. But none of that was really Rodgers' fault, and I'd still say it was a good performance. All right, moving on to the next one against the Patriots. So, wild game. Um, kind of crazy that the Packers managed to win this one. Um, but I thought Rodgers was really good. He had a really ugly turnover-worthy play, of course, um, with that interception. But, um, man, explosive play after explosive play, pushing the ball down the field really aggressively um, and hitting on a number of these deep passes. Um, it was really, really good to watch the offense that explosive. Only took one sack, wasn't under too much pressure. Um, and he, and I think he was a little bit more accurate than the stats would say. Um, so I would classify this as a good performance, despite the fact that that turnover the play was really, really ugly. Yeah, this felt like what you were mentioning earlier, where I think he kind of decided that he's not going to be the type of guy to be as conservative or not necessarily conservative, but accurate and not really forcing the ball as much as he did, would in this game. This was kind of the debut of this new Rodgers that was sitting a lot in the pocket, forcing it into tighter windows, trying to be a little bit more aggressive. And it definitely paid off in this one because pretty big comeback here, impressive overtime win because of all like the big explosive plays he was making in that second half. Uh, Lazard is a guy who's been there for a while and he finally got that connection going with him for the first time this year. But in general, he was still doing a fantastic job of spreading the ball out. Uh, I'd, I'd also agree that he was relatively accurate, definitely not as accurate as he was those other games because of the way he was playing, but still accurate enough to where he was a success, he was successful. Uh, pretty One of the touchdown throws was pretty impressive here too. Uh, obviously that ugly interception, which honestly I'd say probably one of his uglier interceptions of the year, that's going to push him down. But aside from that, really not, not too many mistakes. He's getting got the hang of, getting the ball out faster now that he's a little bit older and you can see that he doesn't have the time on his hands that he would in the past because, you know, those big sacks games that you saw earlier in this year really doesn't, didn't happen much for prime Rogers. And now that he got started to get the ball out fast, we kind of got to the point again where we expect Rogers to not really take too many sacks, not really deal with too many, too much pressure. Uh, I also think the run game being successful once again, opened up the, defense for him more allowed him to do a lot more because that intermediate even middle of the field seemed really clogged the last game and that's why he had to do what he had to do the last game but this one he was able to play a little bit more of his game and it ended up being successful good performance for me all right moving on to the next one so london game against giants um and i i think this one the box score looks okay but um, 
watching the performance for me, I was very unimpressed with the way he played. Um, I thought he wasn't handling the pressure well at all. I thought he was missing a ton of throws. And despite the fact that he was able to generate um, an explosive play here and there, um, I just came away thinking that he did a very, very poor job doing the little things, um, hitting his easy throws, it wasn't good, um, and managing the pressure. That was the big sticking point with me. Um, And for me, despite the fact that um, he had some nice throws here and there, um, I can only give this one an average performance. Uh, I guess to me, I'm a little bit more, uh, I guess, lenient on this game because I felt like it was kind of a tale of two halves and he wasn't necessarily what you were saying the entire game. And I think that's why his stats ended up seeming it the way it was. But when it did come down to it in the second half, he did kind of ghost and play pretty poorly. And I think that's where a lot of what you're saying happened because his accuracy, for whatever reason, did seem to drop then. I think at halftime, the New York kind of decided that they weren't going to just rush straight up like they normally had in that first half. And it's kind of their base defense. They like to do very standard blitzes. I felt like in the second half, they're pulling a lot more stunts, doing a lot more, giving Rodgers a lot of different looks. And normally he's the type of guy who's very smart, good at those mental games and is able to figure it out. But maybe with the lack of athleticism at this point in, uh, in his career, he's not as good as that. And it's it definitely showed in the amount of pressure he was taking. Like I mentioned in one of the other games, he's normally very fundamentally sound, but he seemed a little bit jumpy in that second half uh, once again. But I will say the first half, I thought he did play well. I thought he did a good job of being accurate in the first half. He once again was spreading the ball out greatly. Uh, He was attacking the intermediate range of the field a lot, and I thought he was giving his receivers a good chance of yak. And I will say, even in that second half, a lot of those, like, drops or just incompletions in general were, like, because of a lot of receiver mistakes. And this Giants team this year was pretty good, and I felt like they did a good job of holding a lot of the uh, best weapons on this uh, Packers team and their weapons aren't that great to start so when you do limit a Christian Watson by kind of locking him down or cover Tanyan over the middle of the field even guys like Dobbs, Lazard weren't really contributing much it makes it really difficult for Rodgers to do what he needs to do and even then he didn't make too many he didn't make any mistakes no turnover worthy throws in my opinion uh, n- no fumbles uh, no didn't take too many sacks it was really just the incompletions uh, and like kind of miscommunications between him and the receivers in the second half that held the team back. So I won't say this was a good performance, but I did think it was above average, very solid, and I didn't uh, fault him as much as you did. All right, moving on to the next one against the Jets. So um, this one was a little bit up and down. Um, I think he had a pretty bad turnover-worthy play with an interceptable pass, um, but he was able to make up for it with a number of explosive plays. But again, um, a few missed throws that just really bothered me. Um, and his pressure management, again, in this one was pretty poor, holding onto the ball when I didn't think he should have. Um, his explosive plays in this one will add quite a lot, in my opinion, um, particularly that one to Lazard um, in uh, like one of the best whole shot throws of the year. Um, but still, I could only give this one like a like an above average performance. 
Yeah, who would have thought when this game was happening that the very next year Rodgers was going to be playing this team? Uh, it's hilarious how that works out. But yeah, I agree that this was definitely a little bit of a rougher performance for Rodgers. And I think the biggest thing here uh, that caused this kind of game for him was the Jets' the defense just being really good. I mean, we know that secondary is one of the better ones in the league. And obviously, the receiving core was arguably the worst in the league. And I felt like they just absolutely locked up the receivers on this team. Once again, another game went where all of the uh, Green Bay's pretty much best receiving threats or weapons in that regard, whether it's Aaron Jones, Dobbs, Christian Watson, they all really got locked up. And if it wasn't for one deep, tight window throw that Rodgers made to Lazard, he also would have had a pretty rough day. Uh, I they didn't have linebackers to really match up with Tanyan, so that's that's somewhere he went to a lot. But in general, everything was kind of clamped up for him, and I feel like he just had a hard time finding people. He was just holding to the ball a lot longer than he should have, kind of like what you mentioned, and that's why he just was under pressure all day. His face seemed in the dirt almost every other play. Took four sacks in the in the process of that as well. Uh, he was a lot less accurate in this one, too, because of all those things not really going his way, whether it was pressure all up in his face or just his receivers being kind of clamped up. It was a lot of just forcing balls into tight windows. And I guess in that regard, he was somewhat accurate because I didn't think he had a turnover-worthy play uh, in terms of a pick all day. Uh, he did have two fumbles, one of which the, I think the team lost as well. So that was pretty problematic for him. And just in general, never really got anything going with this offense it just seemed very out of sync very out of flow one of their like the worst overall offensive performances in general this season uh i don't think rogers was quite as bad as the whole offense was but i will say he was below average this game all right moving on to the next one uh against the commanders i don't even know how the commanders won this game with the state of their <laughs> offense um but yeah this game was a little bit bizarre to watch um, Rodgers did make a couple of explosive plays down the field, um, and the pressure management in this form was good because of the way the Packers were scheming. Um, they kept a lot of passes close to the line of scrimmage. Rodgers was getting the ball out really fast. Um, and yeah, in that sense, Rodgers was very protected in this game, but still, um, I thought he missed more throws than he should have. Um, uh, dealing with a number of drops in this one, um, uh, but still, like I, I thought that um, the way the offense was structured, he couldn't have um, a really, really high-level game. But, yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to execute what the offense gives you. Um, and he did a good job of that um, and a couple of explosive plays here and there. Um, so I will say this was kind of an above-average performance. Yeah, I, I feel similarly about this game. And before I get into his game, I do want to say this was a – I think this was the game where – Taylor Heineke had one of his rare moments at the end of the game where he just took over and won. And with a couple of deep touchdowns, I remember that one to Terry McLaurin. This was just a overall really fun game to watch going back and forth pretty much for the whole game. And in the case of Rodgers, this was another one of those days where he had to shoulder the entire offensive load because the run game really wasn't working out. I don't know what happened this game because the Washington front seven is good, but I didn't think they were that good to the point where uh, Green Bay would get nothing going to that extent. So I think that in itself already kind of put Rodgers in a sticky situation. 
Uh, but he did make the best of it. I think he was a little bit less accurate than normal because there are a lot of tight win- tighter windows, a lot more congested uh, offensively because they couldn't get anything going in the run game. Uh, but he was still re- re- roughly accurate for, I mean, the the amount of things going against him. He got back to what he was doing earlier in the year where he was just spreading it to all his playmakers rather than going to one. And I feel like that was really good against this commander's team who really didn't do a good job of locking a single person up. So in in the secondary, it seemed like this receiving the core was always open. And that's kind of rare considering how bad they were. Uh, he got back to what he loves to do, which is a lot of dinking and dunking. He wasn't really trying to attack downfield and be super ultra aggressive like he was in those other games. And it resulted him not really throwing any picks. He didn't really hold the ball long enough to field pressure all day and wasn't taking any sacks uh i think he fumbled the ball once but they ended up getting it back still i guess a little bit of a mistake uh but overall a a pretty clean game i'd say uh there weren't any plays that wowed me nothing that blew me out the water so i won't put it over the top but yeah definitely average to slightly above average game for him all right moving on to the next one against the bills and uh, i think the box score is lying a little bit with this one um, Rogers had a number of plays where um, completion percentage was affected by something that he couldn't control. But man, he was taking some really, really impressive deep shots. Um, early on, they couldn't really get into rhythm. The run game wasn't really working. Um, but later in the game, Rogers was just firing. And also, there's does have a pick in this one. I didn't think that was his fault. Um, and just a number of great plays out of structure um, where he just made something happen where it wasn't there. Um, looked a little bit like the old Rodgers that we um, have known and loved for a while. So, um, yeah, I, I was very impressed by this performance. Yeah, this was Rodgers going back after a week of not doing his aggressive type of play. He went back to it here because he definitely needed to against this Bills team, which we all know uh, is very prolific offensively. And they were going to score roughly 30 points. We Everyone knew that coming in. So I think Rodgers took that upon himself to be a lot more aggressive. And it showed with the amount of big plays he was able to make in this. And it's really funny seeing, seeing this offense play that way because usually when you have an offense that makes a lot of big plays in a game, you have one elite playmaker who is consistently getting open for the quarterback to get the ball to. But in this offense with the no weapons, obviously, uh, or no elite weapons, obviously, it just came to different people. You really didn't know who to expect was going to get that big play. And he had big ones go to Dobbs. Even Samori Toure caught one big pass. Uh, Amari Rogers had one. The ball was flying all over the place, and Rodgers just did a good job of keeping the Bills' defense guessing. Uh, And because of him being more aggressive, he did once again face a little bit more pressure because he was holding the ball longer. Took two sacks, but I really didn't feel like it was all his fault, and it seemed like kind of in the flow of the offense, so I don't fault him too much. I did think the interception he threw was pretty much his own fault. Uh, so that does lower what he uh, his overall game to me a little bit, uh, but still a good performance in my eyes. All right, moving on to the next one. Um, this one will be a rough one against Detroit. Um, Rogers throws three interceptions, two of them his fault, and they were both pretty ugly. Um, and he was under a ton of pressure in this one, forcing him to make a ton of missed throws. 
um, and bad mistakes. Only took one sack, but um, I thought he was very, very clearly rattled by the pressure. Makes a couple of explosive plays to kind of make up for it in their comeback attempt. But um, yeah, just the consistency and rhythm of the offense was totally totally gone. Um, and despite the fact that he was pushing the ball down the field, um, it wasn't fruitful at a level high enough to make up for the number of mistakes that he was making, in my opinion. Yeah, this is the types of games you only get out of Rodgers now because a game like this would never have happened to Rodgers a couple of years ago. This is 39 years old. I'm unhappy in Green Bay Rodgers playing, and it <laughs> absolutely showed because I felt like left and right he was making interceptable passes. I felt like uh, in addition to those three picks, he had another one or two and I know you mentioned that Detroit was getting to him, but I really don't feel like they were getting to him that to that alarming of a rate. The uh, the pressure wasn't that intense in my eyes, uh, and it did also. I mean, obviously that's not everything, but it did only result in one sack. And we know Rodgers isn't the most mobile, so I do feel like he had solid protection for most of this game. It's just for whatever reason he just was off this day. It was just one of those games that, I mean, we've talked with all of these QB rooms. It happens, but this was really off for, out of Rodgers because even his accuracy was just all sorts out of whack. Uh, and it was in a game where this Detroit offense, which is pretty good all year, really weren't wasn't getting anything going either. And for whatever reason, Rodgers just followed suit. And he does save himself from being terrible or having a terrible performance from all those big plays he was talking about. I mean, considering he only had 23 completions, having nearly 300 yards is very, very impressive. So he was doing a great job of killing this Lions defense downfield, uh, which a lot of teams were able to do this year. Uh, Rodgers wasn't uh, alone in that, but still impressive nonetheless, going to multiple different guys deep. The intermediate range of the field was also just getting destroyed and abused by Rodgers. He just simply wasn't accurate enough to take advantage of it consistently because I really do think they could have had a really high-scoring game in this one, judging how the Lions offense was playing. And when Rodgers was kind of able to get it going in the second half, uh, they did get kill this Lions defense a couple of drives. Uh, but a, a lot of miscues and him just kind of coming out the gate sluggish, being very bad in that first half, just makes this a bad performance from Rodgers. Probably uh, his worst of the year, I'd say. All right, moving on to the next one against Dallas. So Rodgers really bounces back in this one. Um, low volume game, but man, he was incredibly efficient. So he does have a turnover worthy play in this one with a fumble um, that I didn't think was particularly good at all, but Man, some of the deep shots that he was firing, specifically one to or multiple to Christian Watson on the money in tight coverage, um, just fantastic throws overall. And again, suffers from a couple of drops here and there. Um, yeah, I was really, really impressed with the performance, even with the couple of sacks that he took. Um, just a fantastic game overall with the accuracy on the tight window throws. Yeah, this is the types of games that absolutely confuse me in the NFL and really show any given Sunday how much it really matters because it's wild how Rodgers can go from the previous week where he is just destroying, doing a terrible job against a very, very bad Lions defense. And then you come into this game against the Cowboys defense, which was one of the best in the league this year. And he absolutely lights it up. Probably uh, if it wasn't for the low volume, this is probably one of the 
better days Rodgers had all year in terms of throw for throw because he was so accurate in this one. Uh, pretty clean just a game overall and hitting his target. I feel like those few misses he did have were due to just drops and stuff like that. And I think it just kind of came from the breakthrough of Christian Watson. I mean, we talked about it. And one thing people were worried about with Rodgers all year coming into the year in the offseason and even up till this point is who's going to be that guy that steps up for Rodgers and is the guy he can go to consistently to make those big plays. And he finally got that out of Christian Watson and we saw him absolutely take advantage. I mean, he just abused that guy's speed by just going deep shot for uh, after deep shot. Uh, there was like a, a nearly uh, 60 yard touchdown and a lot of the misses that he had today did come from him going to Christian Watson because a couple of the, those deep balls he was not able to connect on, but he was able to connect on enough to make a lot of big plays. Uh, and he really didn't even have to get it to anybody else. It just, he hopped on the field, threw a deep touchdown and came out. And that's why it was kind of a lower volume day, along with the fact that the rushing game was really good. And that is what really brought that Cowboys defense in to try to stop it. And then Rodgers would just pull it out on the play action and just destroy the teams deep. And this is the type of thing Rodgers has always done. We, I mentioned how good he is mentally as a quarterback. Uh, this is just the type of thing he can do where he can change play calls here and there to make you think he's doing one thing and then he's just going to pull the ball and just torch you deep. Uh, these are the sorts of things not many quarterbacks can do and just a very impressive game from him. Very few, No mistakes really either, aside from, I guess, a fumble, but he definitely makes up for it more than enough. All right, moving on to the next one against the Titans. So, man, back to the inconsistency. And this one, the accuracy on the easy throws, like I was talking about, this one, it really shows up in my opinion. So he does make a couple of really nice throws um, for explosives down the field. Um, but the consistency element is just very much missing. Um, and I thought the pressure was very much present from the Titans, even if they weren't getting um, many sacks. And he does put a, put the ball in harm's way for a turnover where they play in my beat. So, um, yeah, just kind of a very up and down game. Um, and it resulted in pretty much an average performance for me. Yeah, again, like what I was saying, just this any given Sunday thing truly shows once again. And he wasn't necessarily as bad as he was in that previous game in that uh, Lions won, but it was definitely a drop off from where he was playing last week. But I guess he was kind of lights out the the previous week, so it's tough to really match that week to week basis. But uh, I think it came from the fact that this run game once again was pretty unsuccessful in this game. The Titans, as we all know, have a pretty pretty uh, good front seven here, and Rodgers was once again tasked to have a high volume uh, passing day which isn't best for him at this point in time. And he just seemed a little bit off accuracy-wise. For whatever reason, he stopped going as consistently to Christian Watson like it was the previous week deep. Uh, And Watson still ended up having a good game with two touchdowns, but it's just Rodgers kind of needs to develop that sort of thing with at least one guy, be able to go to that guy consistently. Because with this Green Bay receiving core being kind of bad, it's tough to spread it out to a lot of guys who aren't getting open. Uh, I feel like the difference here between the previous game was just that, like his receiving core kind of being returning down to their normal form of being kind of meh. Because I didn't really see him make too many like turnover mistakes. I don't think there were any interceptable passes. He doesn't fumble, obviously. 
Uh, I think he did a great job of dealing with pressure because uh, he was getting the ball out of there pretty fast. It wasn't really a game where he was attacking deep downfield, a lot more dinking and dunking because of how bad this rushing game was doing. So even though it was a little bit of a drop-off from the previous week, I still think this was a solid performance. All right, moving on to the next one against Philly. So Rodgers gets injured in this one, leaves the game, uh, doesn't come back. Uh, but in the limited dropbacks that he uh, did play, was very, very aggressive pushing the ball down the field. Um, and it came at the expense of two turnover-worthy plays, uh, three sacks. So the Eagles' defense was definitely getting to him. Uh, but I thought he did make a couple of really nice explosive plays through two touchdowns in that limited sample. So um, it was a high-scoring game early, um, and then he got injured and had to leave the game. Um, and you can see the residual effects down the stretch um, for a number of points. So, um, yeah, you can kind of see the drop-off in his play uh, from this point on. Um, but in the limited snaps that he did play in this game, um, I thought it was kind of very up and down and pretty average. Yeah, I don't love this version of Rodgers when he ha- when he plays like this compared to, you know, the way Rodgers, I guess, prefers to play or normally plays. But, uh, well, it, we kind of know why he has to do it. When you're playing this Eagles team who was dominant all year long, obviously very prolific offense once again, I think Rodgers comes in knowing that he has to be ultra aggressive in order to keep up with that offense uh, with what he has around him. Uh, But to me, even in the short amount of time he played, the amount of mistakes he made uh, in comparison to the amount of good plays he made was just still just a bit too much for me, a touch too much. I thought those two interceptable passes, yes, he was trying to be aggressive and do as much as he could. But I do think that those they were both quite off target. Uh, It was trying to do a bit too much there. I also didn't like how much he was holding on to the ball. I know this Eagles pass rush is good, but he made them look even better by just not really sticking to his game of getting the ball to open guys and just always looking for that deep pass. Uh, I felt like he was just trying to do a little bit too much at times. We know he's the kind of guy who can play, make, and do a lot and have those deep shots, make plenty of big plays. But when it's coming at the expense of the amount of mistakes he was making, it's just uh, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I will say that 63-yard touchdown pass he had to Christian Watson was amazing, uh, as well as just in general, him getting that connection going once again was good. Uh, obviously, the injury here does kind of hinder him the rest of the year, which obviously we'll get into in a sec, but it was definitely still good for him to kind of begin to develop this relationship, and I guess had he stayed in Green Bay, it would have been good for next year as well, but Definitely positive there. But aside from those couple of big plays that he had to Watson or like one deep play to Aaron Jones, I just kind of felt like he wasn't getting enough done with how aggressive he was because of all those mistakes. And I think those mistakes did put this Eagles team up early and made it hard for them to come back from when he did eventually go out. So not a huge fan of this performance. All right, moving on to the next one against Chicago. So, um, this one, again, very up and down. The accuracy just very, very inconsistent. Um, he does make a couple of explosive plays here and there, no sacks. Um, and despite the fact that he was holding on to the ball quite a lot, um, he wasn't really punished for it because the Bears' pass, r- pass rush is absolutely terrible. Um, but I thought this was a very up and down game because he wasn't consistently successful attacking down the field. Um, and he was really aggressive attacking down the field. So um, not much room for error when you're, 
chasing the most efficient plays um, and the defense is trying their best to cover those. So, um, yeah, I wasn't totally impressed with this performance. I thought it was um, pretty mediocre. Yeah, I felt like this was pretty met as well. And I feel like after that Eagles performance last week, or maybe it was the injury, I'm not sure what it was, but he kind of went from being uber aggressive to a fault to being ultra conservative to a fault. And I'm not sure why what happened to Rodgers this year to be so inconsistent because Prime Rodgers, even the Rodgers of the year before, was a very consistent player, has one of the most iconic play styles in NFL history, and you kind of knew what to expect out of him on a week-to-week basis. And maybe it was the offense that forced it out of him, but he played really weird this year, and this was the biggest example of it for sure, this two-week stretch right here. Uh, I guess in the short passes he was making, he was relatively accurate. I, th- I feel like he should have been more accurate because of how conservative he was. There were a lot of mi- drops and miscues there as well, uh, but a lot of missed throws too. Uh, but I will say because he was so conservative, he wasn't really making any mistakes, didn't really feel much pressure, didn't get sacked. As PD mentioned, this pass rush was also pretty terrible, so they just simply weren't getting to him. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, he wasn't doing enough. He wasn't pushing the ball downfield. He wasn't really challenging them downfield, and they kind of just crept up on the line and waited. Uh, I guess it did end up being a successful game because of how bad this Bears team is. But I do think if Rodgers had played this way uh, against a good team, it wouldn't have went this way. And I guess that's why he plays differently against those other good teams, tries to be uber aggressive to keep up. But yeah, like I was saying a second ago, he was ultra conservative to a fault, and that's why this was just a meh mid type of game. All right, moving on to the next one against LA. So, um, LA disaster of a defense at this point, completely downtrodden with injuries. Um, and I thought Rodgers was okay. He put the ball in harm's way a couple of times, um, only got punished for it once, um, and the offense generally was very very conservative staying very, very close to the line of scrimmage um, and operating off of play action a lot. And Rodgers was pretty accurate in this game, um, so that was a saving grace. He had a number of nice throws in the intermediate and short range that were helpful for his value, um, but I didn't think that that was totally enough to offset the two, ner- two turnover-worthy plays. Um, and for me, this came out to just about slightly above average. Yeah, I think in if this was a team that was worth uh, – a lot, or a lot better than this Rams team at this point in the year with how bad their defense was. And at this point, the Rams were kind of just mailing in the season, getting to the end. I would have felt higher on this Rodgers performance had it been against a better team. But every team was coming in and just torching this Rams defense, and I didn't feel like Rodgers did enough for the level of competition. Uh, I thought that interception he had in this game was pretty bad. Uh, once again against a pretty poor pass rush for whatever reason. He was a lot taking a lot of pressure, took three sacks, and it felt like he was just trying to do too much once again. This is another example of that. He was moving around in the pocket a lot more than you would expect. I felt like bailing the pocket a lot more than you would ever see out of a guy like Rodgers. This was one of those days where I almost felt like he forgot he was 39 and kept going back to the traditional Rodgers of running around and trying to make something happen. But it just 
wasn't what he can do at this point in his career. Uh, I will say, though, he was pretty accurate because he kind of went back to that dink and dunk type of style because, I mean, as we know, this team was bad, so he knew he could take it easy. He didn't have to come out as aggressive. Or like PD mentioned earlier, maybe it was the injury because it did seem to kind of pattern up that way. Once he did get injured and come back, it was a lot more of the conservative type of play style. And maybe that is why he was taking getting so much pressure because he wasn't quite as athletic as he was pre-injury. Uh, but yeah, it's just unimpressive when you're playing so conservative and doing so less versus this bad of a Rams team. All right, moving on to the next one against Miami. So this was a little bit of a bizarre game. Um, it started off really rough for the offense in general, uh, but then Rodgers caught fire late in the game. Um, ended up with two turnover-worthy plays, but man... He throws maybe the best throw of the year. Um, this tight window uh, throw down the sideline to Lewis, and it was just, it was just, it was just glorious. Um, and that is a huge value add for him in this one. Um, also makes a couple more other explosive plays. Just um, a great exhibition of his arm talent, flexibility, um, and still kind of a solid movement skills. Um, and it really, really makes up for the the mistakes that he makes when he can throw explosive plays like. Um, the one he did later in the game. So um, fantastic win um, and comeback performance by Rodgers. And I was really, really impressed with this one by him. <laughs> yeah, I will say making that sound at another man's throw is a little insane, I have to say. But I can't lie. That throw was cold, probably one of his best throws of the year and almost felt like a throwback to like the Rodgers we know and love. Uh, but yeah, I do think this was the peak uh, of his like inconsistency of this year, Rodgers, because he came out struggling a little bit. His accuracy wasn't there. There were a lot of sailed balls or just missed throws in general. And then after a while, I don't know what clicks in him, but he does kind of catch on fire and light up. And maybe it was the repetitions because Tua was making a lot of mistakes in this one. So later in the game, the Packers were just getting the ball a lot, a lot faster. And I think that helped Rodgers get into a rhythm. Uh, and that's what that's why later in the game he was able to do what he was doing. We finally saw him go downfield once again. Uh, and I don't know why he kind of has to be forced to do it because, once again, this Dolphins team is better than a lot of the previous few teams he was playing. And when forced, he still is capable of being aggressive and going downfield, doing what he needs to do there. Uh, and he threw it to a bunch of different guys doing that. It, was, it wasn't one of those Christian Watson blow-up games or anything like that. It was just him just straight up dotting up guys uh but i will say in that time that he was a little bit not so good he did make plenty of mistakes there was a fumble that they end up recovering but still a fumble nonetheless uh the interception i thought was pretty bad in this one and for whatever reason this miami team came out really aggressive blitzing rogers and he did seem to be a little bit uncomfortable under pressure a lot uh, early on, the, those two sacks also came pretty early on. Even though he does settle in and bring up the overall game, I'd say it was just average solid uh, because it wasn't like he was making a, a ton of crazy big uh, yardage plays later. It was just, just enough to, I guess, win them this game. So solid performance. All right, moving on to the next one against Minnesota. Um, and I thought Rodgers was pretty solid in this one. Um, he was really aggressive, pushing the ball down the field um, and had some accuracy hiccups again, uh, but he wasn't really under pressure very much in this game. Um, and he was able to generate a couple of explosive plays here and there. 
Um, he wasn't really relied upon in terms of a volume sense. So maybe that does ding him his performance a little bit. But I thought overall he was a little bit above average um, because he didn't put the ball in harm's way. Um, and he was occasionally accurate on some of the explosive uh, play attempts that he was taking. Yeah, this is another one of those games. And the Packers didn't really have any of these this year. And I was honestly surprised when it happened. But it's just one of those games where – uh, the game just gets out of hand to the point where you can't take what Rodgers does uh, with too much consideration because at the end of the day, he wasn't really asked to do a whole lot. Uh, this run game was just torching the Vikings defense and Rodgers only had to pass it here and there, very low volume game. Uh, and as a result, it was pretty clean. He did what he needed to do. He was hitting most of his passes. And I will say in another game where he wasn't really attacking downfield, uh, in this one, it was justified because he didn't need to, so I'm not taking that away from him. But in a game where he never really attacked downfield, I was kind of uh, annoyed by how lit- it wasn't as high accuracy as you would expect, but still relatively accurate. Uh, didn't really face much pressure, obviously, because this Vikings team was just getting gashed all day. Uh, so no real mistakes, but at the end of the day, he didn't make... <coughs> Any throws that uh, impressed me, and I guess he wasn't really given the opportunity to do much more. So, average game for me. All right, moving on to the last game of the season for Rodgers, and he absolutely stunk this one up. Um, for me, so you mentioned um, the um, Chicago game, or not the Chicago, the Minnesota game is maybe the worst game of the season for him. I also mentioned the Detroit game. Uh, but this one for me, the second Detroit game was the worst game of the season. Um, he was just completely out of sorts. Um, it was really aggressive taking shots down the field, but they weren't like good shots. They were just being dumb. Um, he wasn't testing tight windows. He was testing non-existent windows. Um, and I thought, uh, yeah, this this was just an ugly performance overall. It just like weirdly seemed uh, like he was checked out at a certain point. Um, like you mentioned at um, – at points in, in this podcast episode, like um, some of those behavioral tendencies tend to show up on the field with his body language. And um, I thought closer to the end of this one, it looked just so weird to see him um, after putting the ball in harm's way continuously time after time, um, just look so weird and out of it. Um, he was under pressure a lot in this game, um, had some accuracy hiccups, uh, put the ball in harm's way three times, in my opinion, does try to make up for it with some explosive plays, but the missed throws, again, bring it back down. So, um, yeah, I can't give this one a good performance. It was definitely in the bad territory for me. Yeah, and I love that you brought up the fact that he was very checked out or just seemed overall disinterested in this. And it was honestly very disappointing to see something like that because one thing you didn't mention is that this was the Packers' chance to get in the playoffs. Had they won this, they would be in. And I know, obviously, the Packers really wouldn't have made a run this year, but we ta- a lot of these last few games we've talked about was when they were stringing together a lot of wins. They had come into this pretty hot on a streak. And by the point of the game, the Lions had lost any opportunity to get into the playoffs. Even uh, after this win, they didn't get in. And the Packers just had a win to get in. So they had everything to play for. And Rodgers still just came out and absolutely laid a dud. And it seemed like he wasn't really trying all all that given the situation. 
Um, I know he was very unhappy in Green Bay at this point in his career, uh, this this year really, and he didn't really want to be there. Maybe he was kind of one step out sort of deal, but it was still kind of frustrating to see him play this way. And it's not it's not like he played this way in any of the other games leading up to it because this was probably his down stretch in terms of his whole season. Uh, however, this, this game did definitely look like a step below. And at the point of the last game, I kind of did forget about this game. Uh, it's kind of funny. I think both of his two worst games did come against the Lions, so that is pretty wild. But yeah, overall, he was just not nearly as accurate as he should have been, aside from one play where he really pushed the ball to Christian Watson. It seemed like he was disinterested in doing anything more than like 10 to 15 yards downfield. Uh, that interception he threw was pretty costly. You could argue cost them their, their season. Uh, in a, with that and the Aaron Jones fumble were two pretty crucial plays that did that. Uh, like PD mentioned, he seemed to just be under duress and pressure all day. And it mainly came from the fact that for whatever reason, he wasn't processing this defense as fast as he should have been. And this Lions defense did have a lot of problems. It had a lot of holes. Most teams were able to torch them. So I don't know if for whatever reason, Rodgers just mentally wasn't processing as fast as we know he can. And he definitely could have played the conservative Rodgers way in this one where he just jinked and dunked his way downfield and won. And he kind of tried to do that, but it just wasn't very effective because he was just missing passes all day, letting the pressure get to him. And when he was did have a couple of bad drives, even though the game was close, because the Lions were also playing kind of bad offensively, it almost seemed like he just checked out and let this game slip away. So disappointing, and yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you there. We're his worst game of the season. All right, so let's talk about Zach Wilson's last season um, as he was as he's now the backup quarterback for the Jets. Um, mm-hmm. Quickly speed running through Zach Wilson's game. Um, extremely flexible quarterback. He has some really nice movement skills. Um, can execute an RPO offense pretty well, but uh, beyond that, it's pretty bad in a bunch of different areas. Um, this preseason, he's looked a little bit more comfortable sticking in the pocket, uh, but just generally, like, the mechanics are really poor, uh, especially in the, in the footwork sense. Um, he has really nice throwing motion, but it um, doesn't really mean anything if the base is that poor, um, and he's pretty easily scared by pressure when it uh, when it comes to what we see in regular season games. Um, and the biggest thing that continues to hurt him time and time again uh, is the fact that he is really not careful with the ball at all, puts the ball in harm's way a ton, uh, doesn't read coverages very well at all. Um, and that's the biggest thing that's been holding him back and probably um, has caused him to run his due course with the Jets at the very least, I would think. Um, but I don't know, maybe we get some crazy outcome and, uh, uh, my pre-draft prediction of, of Zach Wilson will, will, will one day come true. Hey, uh, for his sake and for your prediction's sakes, I hope so. But uh, that was a pretty good recap. Honestly, as far as what he's shown in the league in terms of what he's good at, the only thing I could say is he's mobile and has a big arm. Cause, and both of those traits are very, very good uh, in him. But in terms of actually playing quarterback, something beyond his just physical gifts and tools – 
we haven't really seen much uh, of him doing that in the league. And that's not for me to say that he can never be that. It's by year by year, it's starting a field that way. He can never get to that point. But so far on what we've seen, we've seen is like every form of being a quarterback, he just seems to lack a lot. Uh, he's not particularly accurate. He's not really good at going downfield despite that big arm. He's constantly putting the ball in harm's way. Uh, his processing is just super, super low. And I guess that's something that was kind of a concern with him coming into the league. I mean, he did play at BYU, which we all know is not a major school. He didn't really face tough defenses. So coming into the league was definitely a big jump in that regard. And it seems to me that he still lacks just a basic ability to read defenses and do counters and whatnot, things to beat certain coverages. He just doesn't know how to do that. And maybe being with someone like Aaron Rodgers, who is probably one of the best of all time at doing so, maybe he can learn a little bit of that. And I think that would greatly improve his game. But so far, there's just so much to not like. Like even with that athleticism, it comes with him just bailing the pocket constantly, just ruining plays or taking way too many unnecessary sacks. He just feels like he's playing constantly rattled and out of sync. Like when those quarterbacks have off games where you just feel like, oh, what's he doing today? His seems off. That's just Zach Wilson all the time. So definitely not a good season here. All right. Let's try to go a little bit fast, but I do want to go through his games because he's still a young quarterback and I don't want to just totally discard him entirely. Yeah. Um, so he had an injury in the preseason, um, caused him to miss the first three games. I do wonder how that affected his season because he didn't really look the same. Um, but starting with week four against Pittsburgh, um, I thought this game was intriguing. Um, he put the ball at harm's way a ton. Um, had four turnover-worthy plays in this one uh, for me. Uh, but a number of really good intermediate throws and a number of stuff out of structure faced a number of drops. But the accuracy was just a little concerning. Um yeah, the, the number of great intermediate throws that he makes makes this one closer to average for me, but I can understand if you think that the turnover he plays just totally ruined this one for you. Yeah, to me, this was still a bad game, but I will say like he showed flashes in this game, which in a lot of these other games we'll talk about, he certainly did not. Uh, I agree with you. Plenty of turnover-worthy throws all day, four to be exact, like you said. Uh, I think he did a better job than most games in this one with dealing with pressure, uh, but still just seemed like I kind of said, just constantly rattled. The accuracy was the biggest red flag for me in this game because there were a lot of balls just simply in the dirt or just sailed by 10 yards. Like this Steelers team was not doing that good of a job in stopping this New York uh, uh, skill guys. And Zach Wilson was still missing them left and right. So unfortunately for me, even with all those big plays, he did make those flashes. And granted, they were very good. He attacked the ball downfield many times, the intermediate of the uh, level of the field he was attacking. And for 18 completions, getting 250 yards uh, plus is pretty impressive. But the mistakes just take away from me. This too much, to, and this ends up being a bad game. All right, moving on to the next one. I think this was his only good game like objectively of the good se- of the entire season. Um, his accuracy was a lot better in this one as compared to the first game. Wasn't under as much pressure, um, and he was getting the ball out faster in this game than he was in the first game. Um, doesn't make too many uh, crazy explosive throws, but he does make 
one really nice point to Garrett Wilson with some nice anticipation. Um, and yeah, he was pretty solid overall for the day and didn't put the ball in harm's way, which is kind of a rarity for Zach Wilson. So uh, yeah, I was pretty reasonably impressed with this game. Yeah, for me, this is also probably his only good game of the season. Honestly, at this point, after seeing the flashes last game and seeing him kind of put things together against a will, which we know now, a good Dolphins team, it was starting to seem like, oh, maybe he's going to pull it together, which obviously we'll get into that. But for this game, yeah, he was very impressive. In the low amount of throws he had, he was very, very accurate. He did a good job of pushing the ball downfield. He did get a little bit uh, a boost of his stats and stuff from a pretty great uh, uh, run from Brees Hall on a pretty short throw, throw that he just took for nearly 80 yards because outside of that, there was no real other uh, deep plays he made all day. But regardless, he still did a good job of dinking and dunking his way, not really making mistakes. For a guy like him having a game where you make no mistakes, do a decent job of staying away from pressure and he even ran one touchdown in on a short yarded situation, showing a little bit of his grit and toughness, I suppose. Overall, for Zach Wilson's standards, this was a good game. All right, moving on to the next one. And unfortunately, um, it is all downhill from here. So um, against Green Bay, yeah. the accuracy is absolutely disastrous. Um, and he puts the ball in harm's way a couple times, doesn't get punished for it. And these were really ugly turnover-worthy plays, some of the ugliest you'll see from a starting quarterback. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say. This one was really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, I think the Jets saw this game and then decided, yeah, Rodgers is going to quarterback next year. We got to get the Zach guy out of here because he was pretty terrible. This has to be up there with one of the worst quarterback performances I saw from anybody all season. I mean, he's so lucky to be able to get out of this game with the no interceptions. I actually don't know how the Packers managed to miss so much. And he did that in such a short number of throws. Like, I don't see how, like, in 18 passes, he was able to do that so many times. And in only 18 passes, it felt like he was under pressure for almost all of them because he was just kind of running around willy-nilly in the pocket. Uh, he did attack the field once to with the pass to Corey Davis, which was all right. But other than that, it was just missed throws or checkdowns and just no real flashes or positivity here. Just a terrible game. All right, moving on to the next one against Denver, and it is more of the same. Uh, ugly accuracy puts the ball in for a turnover the play. Again, not punished for it. Um, and this this game, he wasn't even pushing the ball down the field. So that's where... Um, the real the real problems start, start to come up. Um, he has like a really bizarre sack where he's running around outside the pocket and just kind of trips and falls. Uh, just kind of the issues with Zach Wilson, like um, when he goes to make these plays out of structure, like you would assume from like uh, Mahomes or Josh Allen, where they just kind of make something out, make something happen after um, bailing away from the pocket. He just kind of seems to trip and fall over sometimes. I don't know how it happens. Um, but yeah, just wild inconsistencies under pressure, ugly accuracy, um, just, just a bad performance again. Yeah, this was while watching this game, this was one of those situations where I caught myself putting my face in my hands many times, just shaking and thinking, what is he doing? Like that one play you mentioned where he spins out, runs around, tries to make something happen and just trips and falls on his face. I was just like, 
I, I don't understand what he's thinking here, what he's trying. And I think that kind of ties into what I was saying about him being a BYU guy. And we've seen plenty of other small schools quarterbacks come in and adjust to the league. So it's, this isn't a diss on all quarterbacks coming from that sort of background. But it just seems like for whatever reason, Zach Wilson just doesn't know how to anticipate when he's going to be able to make something happen and when he's not. And I agree with you. He's one of those guys who can make playmaking plays with the best of them, but he just can't do the simple things right. And it really showed in this. And sometimes he tries to do too much. Uh, I agree once again. He didn't even fathom of thinking of going downfield. He was throwing checkdowns all over the place. It felt like he had lost his confidence from all the things going wrong. And he just wasn't trying to play quarterback. He was just trying to get in and get out without making too many mistakes. And that like ultra conservative play just isn't going to take you far. All right, moving on to the next one. So I mentioned at the beginning that Zach Wilson can execute an RPO offense. And this was the game where they just kind of moved entirely to a short passing game um, centered around that RPO stuff. Um, Wilson was a good runner in this one. Um, he does have a turnover-worthy play, which was a bad fumble, but um, I think because of that rushing and the fact that the turn, the uh, passing wasn't like an absolute and total disaster, um, I'm willing to say this performance was closer to average than it wasn't. Uh, well, quick question. Uh, we're... Is this about the Patriots game? Because you were mentioning him being. Oh, a good I skipped rusher. that one. I skipped yeah. that one. All right, because uh, that. Well, I'll just jump into that game because that was is the next game after that Denver game, and it didn't exactly go how you were saying because uh, he was kind of all over the place in this one. Uh, this kind of reminded me of what we were talking about with Rogers, where. Uh, sometimes he just decided to come out and play where he's just going to be ultra aggressive and he's going to make a bunch of high level, uh, I guess, big splash plays. But at the same time, you're going to get plenty of mistakes. And we got plenty of both in this game. There were three picks in this, all of which I thought were actually pretty ugly. And I thought he had one or two more interceptable uh, passes too. And he was very inaccurate once again. We still saw a lot of passes just in the dirt or to the sideline. Uh, but in those 20 passes, he did make, my God, did he produce a lot of huge plays. I mean, he threw for 350-plus yards in just 20 passes. And it kind of shows you the upside because if Zach Wilson is able to do that with but limit the mistakes to a certain extent, you see that he is the uh, a player capable of making big splash plays in this league. Uh, and he was just attacking the field, uh, downfield left and right, big plays to Garrett Wilson, Denzel Mims, even Tyler Conklin got in on the action, and there weren't too many checkdowns. It was just a lot of just huge plays. Uh, so I think the mistakes bring it down for me, so it'll still be an average game, but still just very, very impressive, the flashes that we saw out of him in this one. Yeah, I, I for, the, for the New England game, I couldn't get to average. Um, I just thought the quality of those turnover-worthy plays is just absolutely disastrous. Awful, yeah. yeah, so I, I couldn't get there, but uh, I understand what you're saying. Um, he was able to generate a number of positives in this one with some explosive plays down the field and an aggressive mindset. So it doesn't make this game like one of the worst performances of the year like we'll see a couple of later, but um, yeah, I, I really couldn't get there. Yeah, fair enough. Those plays were 
pretty ugly. Right. And then I guess moving on to that Bills game, I guess we heard what you had to say about it. Uh, and I guess I was a little bit confused because for a couple of games now, we saw Zach Wilson try to be the player that's, I guess, up and down to a certain degree where you're going to get a lot of big plays, uh, but you're also going to get a lot of terrible plays. And he was just kind of went back into his shell of, I'm going to be ultra aggressive, just kind of check down the ball a lot, find my first open read in the flat and just get it to them as soon as possible. Because I, I feel like it didn't even cross his mind to go downfield to anybody other than kind of Garrett Wilson a little bit further uh, down the field, but everybody else was just getting the ball immediately. And I guess that made him accurate, but when you make the passes that he was in this one, uh, it's just like game manager type of play. And I don't think that's really a mold that fits for uh, a player of Zach Wilson's skill set. It just doesn't make sense to me. But because he didn't make too many mistakes, I won't say, aside from, I guess, one pretty uh, terrible fumble, uh, which I guess will ultimately bring him down to a little bit below average. But uh, I was just kind of confused in why he decided to play this way more than anything. I think it's just because, like, the scheme, the, the the Jets coaching staff realized, like, they can't function as an offense without uh, making him do the one thing that he's good at, which is throwing RPOs. So, um, yeah, yeah I, that's, that, that's, that's kind of just how it went. Um, all right, moving on to the next one after the bye week. Um, against, oh against the, so I mentioned, um, some of the worst performances of the year candidates. Uh, this is certainly one of them. Um, so the, the weather in this one was a little bit wonky, but I don't think it excuses the way that Wilson played at all. Um, Zach Wilson, after the game was asked, did you, do you feel like you let down the defense at all? Um, and he said, no. Um, and that kind of led to his benching according to what the coaching staff had to say. But, um, I, I would say the performance kind of had something to do with it. Uh, this is some of the worst display of accuracy I've seen maybe ever. Um, and combined it with two turnover plays that were disgusting um, and didn't result in interceptions. And you have yourself a recipe for one of the worst performances um, of the year by a quarterback, especially by a dude who was a starter. So, yeah, that's what I have to say about this game. <laughs> yeah, this dude was a straight trash can in this game. Like, there's really no – nothing good to take away from it and with a lot of these quarterbacks I mean we've gone from the worst QB rooms to the best we do say like players played bad like all the time but like this was a new level of bad he was just he was doing nothing right it seems like when he those nine completions he did have of the 22 attempts consisted of him grabbing the ball and with in two seconds, just throwing it immediately to the first person who saw that had a little slight inkling of being open in the flat. And they'd maybe run around for a couple of yards yak. But aside from that, it was just miss after miss after miss, balls in the dirt constantly, uh, multiple passes right into the hands of the opposing team, which honestly, only God can tell me how this Patriots team came away with zero interceptions on the day. And the worst to me was one uh, constantly making those plays where you just have to ask, what is he thinking? What is he doing? He's just running around all over the place. He seemed to be pr under pressure all damn day, took four sacks against the Patriots team that honestly wasn't even bringing the heat that much in terms of pressure. And to top it off, the worst part of it, you led with it. He was asked if he thought he let the team down. And after one of the worst passing performances I saw all year, maybe the objective worst, uh, maybe there's some Malik Willis games in there that could compete, but I don't know. Uh, 
he said that he didn't think he let anybody down, which I don't know if he's not a good guy or whatever the case may be, but I think anybody with the brain could have seen that he was the reason they lost this game. Uh, so to come out and say that kind of just goes to show his character. Uh, hopefully he's moved on and become better from that, but it just baffled me how bad he was and how he himself didn't see how bad he was. All right, moving on to the next one. So he comes in in the Detroit game, um, and this was a wild game to watch from a quarterback because, oh, my God, he was making some ridiculous plays and then was making some ridiculous plays, um, both <laughs> the positive sense of the word and the negative sense of the word. Um, four sacks and I would say like seven explosive plays down the field, including one to set up like a potential chance to um, go and, and maybe win the game for the Jets, and they just – tripped over themselves um, in a must-win situation. So uh, bizarre stuff at the end there. Um, the accuracy was wildly bad, um, but he, I, I felt like every few completions, it was just an explosive play. So um, really weird game where you can see the flashes of his arm talent um, with the flexibility, with the power in his arm, um, and his aggressive mindset. But uh, yeah, where to go with this? I would, I would call this one kind of average. Yeah, this reminded me a lot about the game a couple weeks ago where he did the same thing. And I think he did this to an even more degree in this one where, like you said, there were every few plays he makes just a out-of-this-world throw, like something very few people in this league can do. And he's just got the type of arm talent and playmaking gift, almost like a knack for being able to do that, that very, very few people in this league can do. And you just... You're just like, wow, what a play. And then the next few plays, you're just like, once again, what uh, what is he thinking? And this Lions team has a pretty bad front seven overall this year. Nobody really posed problems to them in terms of pass rush. Uh, and Zach Wilson kind of just running around like a chicken with his head off sometimes just caused him to be under pressure all day. Took another four sacks against a team that he shouldn't have. Uh, he has that one interception, but I thought he had a couple of interceptable plays. But aside from that, he was still and uh, and uh, on top of that, he was also pretty inaccurate once again. I mean, that's kind of goes to what you expect with Zach Wilson. But yeah, he did have plenty of plenty of flashes where he was just insane. I mean, deep throws to Garrett Wilson, even a guy like Jeff Smith who doesn't play much. Uh, CJ Uzama got a big play. Elijah Moore got a big play. And it seemed like he was actually attacking downfield. And I guess that's kind of the way he maybe the Jets didn't want to play that way because obviously you kind of have to live with the mistakes if you play this way. But that may be the only way Zach Wilson can kind of be successful because he has the, that one knack to make those insane plays that very, very few people do. Uh, so, yeah, it, it comes out to about an average game for me, but still very, very weird. All right. Moving on to his final game of the season. Um, again, another contender for one of the worst passing performances I've seen in a minute. Um, disastrous accuracy. Um, puts the ball in harm's way a couple of times. Um, when he was under pressure, it didn't really lead to good results. Three sacks, was holding the ball a ton. Um, just nothing was going right in this game. I don't, I don't know what to say. No explosive plays down the field that he self-generated. Um, very bad. I mean, I feel like I don't have to say much more than the fact that this man got benched for Chris Traveler. 
And that's just insane to me. Being a former number two overall pick, coming into year, the Jets thought this guy was going to be their franchise guy. I mean, that's what they wanted to happen. That's why they drafted him where they did. And when you're on the final day of the season getting benched for Chris Trevler, or I guess his season, it's just like, it's tough. It's really sad. And he was just, yeah, one of the worst games I've seen all year. He was ineffective in every way. It's just one of those games where instead of those splash plays, every play is just the, <laughs> the down part of it. And his accuracy is just so off. And the thing with Zach Wilson accuracy is like when you have incompletions with most quarterbacks, it's like a couple feet here and there missed pass by a little bit. It's like good misses for NFL quarterbacks. Zach Wilson will just throw the ball nowhere near his target. And you just left to think like, what happened here? Why are you so inconsistent with this? And once again, he did his classic thing of being under pressure all day because he was bailing the pocket too much. Uh, he was Mr. Check down all day in this one, aside from one or two deeper passes, uh, which kind of lucked out mainly from Yak. Nothing really happened. Uh, I still think I would put that other game as his worst performance. Maybe the interview after kind of adds bias to it. But you know, this was still awful, and getting benched for Chris Traveler is insane. All right, so let's talk about the Jets this year um, and the way they've set up their team. So um, looking at the Jets' depth chart, um, today they signed Dalvin Cook at running back. Um, should be a helpful piece for Aaron Rodgers. Has some explosive element, I still think. Um, doesn't have the same ability to break tackles, but he's a good scheme fit. Um, and, of course, Brees Hall is a fantastic player, so... Um, Hopefully he can get healthy as soon as possible so that we can see him on the field. Um, Garrett Wilson is fantastic. I really, really like his fit with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think as long as they develop chemistry on the routes that Rodgers likes to throw, um, like these quick inbreakers, back shoulders, goal balls, um, this should be a fantastic pairing. And I could see Garrett Wilson um, having a fantastic statistical season, maybe one of the best uh, statistical seasons in the league for a receiver. Um, and then Rogers obviously has familiarity with guys like Lazard and Cobb. I don't think they're the greatest players. Um, Cobb, very, very old. Um, I used to like him as a player when he was a lot younger, but um, it's 2023. Um, and Alan Lazard, just not a very good separator. Um, and I'm not a big fan of his contested catch ability either. Um, Corey Davis, I think, is a solid player as a number three, but um, Alan Lazard's capability as a number two is is really unimpressive to me. Um, and then I do like the tight end room. I think they're all good fits. Um, Tyler Conklin and C.J. Uzama really can do some of that uh, flat route stuff and um, beat threats in like this movement-heavy offense type of thing. Um, I have some pretty solid questions about the offensive line, though. Um, I think they're pretty mediocre across the board. Um Development from Mackay Becton or someone like Joe Tipman could really help, um, but I'm not the biggest fan of really anyone across the line. Um, I think Elijah Vera Tucker is a good player, um, and I think Lincoln Tomlinson has maybe potential to bounce back, but uh, everyone else seems uh, pretty mediocre to me. Um, and then schematically, um, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, we're back. Uh, <laughs> Rodgers and Hackett together. Um, we'll see if Hackett can do something with um, not Russell Wilson at quarterback um, and Rogers just kind of making stuff up as he goes um, as we know he's he's done in the past so um, I don't think that Hackett will be particularly additive um, to this offense but I think that if they're able to just at least install a framework where 
Um, they can have like some wide wide zone run, work play action play action off of that, um, and have kind of in breaking routes over the middle of the field, um, and allow Rodgers to kind of freelance when he sees a matchup that he likes. I think that that's a formula for a pretty successful offense. Yeah, honestly, a lot of what you feel about this Jets team, I absolutely agree with. Uh, I guess before yesterday, I had a little bit of concerns about the running back depth, especially with Brees Hall starting the year out and with injuries like his, you never know like how they can go, whether he'll bounce back or not. But now with the addition of Dalvin Cook, uh, I think this running back room is honestly fantastic. And it's very similar to what they had in uh, Green Bay, where you have two running backs who you feel really good about, two running backs who there are teams in the NFL where they'd be able to start right now. So I think that dynamic duo, even though Dalvin Cook is a little bit washed up at this point, I think the absolute speed and explosion of Resol is going to be great for this offense. It's going to open things up a lot for Rodgers and kind of just give him a, maybe not a workhorse anymore, but someone who he can consistently rely on to get yards. And Dalvin's just a pro. Like he's been good for a very good long time he's one of the better in, in his prime one of the best between the tackle rushers and I think when you combine like Brees's speed and explosion in the open field with a guy like Dalvin Cook who at this point I think he might be more of like a bruising type of back because he's a little bit slower uh not really as explosive as he used to be and I think even guys like Michael Carter's on of a night are good for just depth pieces uh, I have similar concerns with you as like the receiver room. I obviously think Garrett Wilson is amazing. I think he's poised for a big year. And for many years, Rodgers did make it work with receiving cores. That was pretty much just Devontae Adams and whoever else. So if Garrett Wilson is as good as he is put out to be, which I do think he is, I think he's definitely one of those guys who can be a clear receiver one on a team like this. Uh, I think Rodgers and him are going to cook. But after that, I also have a lot of question marks. I think Lazard is good for the fact that he's like knows Rodgers. They have that chemistry together. And for whatever reason, Rodgers does like him. But purely talent-wise, he's not a good receiving receiver too. He doesn't get much separation, like you said. And he kind of has to rely on contested catches, which at this point you don't really want Rodgers to be throwing a lot of you know contested balls to Alan Lazard of all people. So I think that might be something to worry about. Uh, I'm not as happy with Corey Davis at a wide receiver three as you. I don't really think he has much upside there either. I think someone like Amiko Ardman could be good for them, like taking the top off the defense, giving a speed guy who maybe Rodgers can throw a deep shot once or twice a game to every year or uh, every game. And, but just in general, aside from Garrett Wilson, a lot of question marks on this offense. But we've seen Rodgers for years with both Adams and Jordy Nelson even before. When he has one good receiver that he can go to consistently, honestly, he prefers that than like a bunch of lower level talent that he can spread the ball out to. Like he likes, he's a very rhythm type of quarterback and very based off like, you know, uh, like relationships and stuff like that. And if he and Garrett Wilson can get on the same page, uh, it may not matter. Uh, I also agree that this tight end room isn't anything crazy. There isn't like insane talent on it, but I do think they fit well with Rodgers. Both are guys who are very big and strong, and but in open space, they make people miss. They can run you over as well. And just Conklin and Uzoma, I just feel like fit a lot of the mold of what the Rodgers tight ends were for years. So 
I, I think that's pretty good. I think this Jets offensive line is a lot worse than it was expected because of obviously Mikai Becton's just injuries and just overall lack of development. Uh, I'm honestly pretty high on the guards, obviously. I think we both agree Vera Tucker is a good player. Maybe it's my Niners bias coming in, but I've always been a big fan of Lakin Tomlinson. Uh, I think he did look better than he was in that Pro Bowl year uh, because of how good Trent Williams was, but I still think he's a very solid player and can hold his, hold his own. McGovern even, I think, is uh, he's all right. I think he can hold his own as well. But uh, the two most important pl- positions on this offensive line are what concern me the most. I don't really think too highly of Billy Turner and Max Mitchell, and I think both of them need to improve greatly to be able to really facilitate what could be a good run game. And even for Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career, he's going to stay in the pocket more. He's not as fast to make as many people miss, and he's not trying to do too much. So having two kind of big question marks at offensive line is a huge concern. And honestly, if there's one thing that could lead to this Jets offense downfall, and I'm honestly not as high on this Jets team as a whole, like putting Rodgers aside for a second, as many people are. And I think one of the big, like reasons for that concern is this offensive line. I think that could blow everything up because a bad offensive line, no matter how good your the rest of your team is, can just ruin everything. Uh, and the whole Nathaniel Hackett situation, obviously, I think there's a lot of question marks around him after the debacle that happened last year with the Broncos and Russell Wilson. But to me, Nathaniel Hackett's kind of just a yes man type of coach and his kind of philosophy is just, let the I mean people are saying let Russ cook all all last year or whatever, but his philosophy really is just letting Rogers do his do his thing, letting him cook. That's what got him those two MVPs because he just let Rogers do what he wanted and not really adding more much more input than that. So and Rogers is obviously one of the best of all time and just kind of doing his own thing, running his own offense. So maybe it'll work out again, but. I, I'm not, like, low on Nathaniel Hackett necessarily. I just don't think he adds much, kind of like what you were saying. All right. So let's talk about the juicy stuff, the outcome projections for the Jets. Um, and I want to discuss something a little bit philosophical um, with Rodgers before I get into this. Um, it's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, and he's weirdly sensitive to the supporting cast that he has around him. I would call him one of the or maybe even the greatest um, ceiling raisers of all time. Um, He is absolutely insane when you put a really, really talented supporting cast around him. We've seen that with Green Bay where he has a scheme, um, arguably the best receiver in the league for that stretch, um, and a strong offensive line and running backs. um, And he's just absolutely able to cook with that. Um, We saw it again in 2011 with multiple great receivers, strong offensive line, um, and you could see it in the early 20, uh, or late 2000s as well, um, when he's playing on a cheap contract as well, um, in 2014, again, when he wins the MVP. So just like th- these, these, these spikes in, um, Rogers career, um, consistently coincide with someone like Jordy Nelson or, or, uh, Greg Jennings or, uh, Devonte Adams having a great season and their offensive line being healthy. Um, so for Rogers outcome projection, um, it's going to be pretty wide for me, despite the fact that he's an old quarterback. Um, if the Jets show development um, and have a great season, um, these high-end outcomes that I'm about to mention will be very high. So at 50th percentile, I think he is something like 
um, the, the ninth to 10th best quarterback in the league. I think he's regressing. The injuries are taking a toll on him. Um, but you'll see why he's ranked um, the way he is for us. Because at 75th percentile outcome, I think this is like the third or fourth best quarterback in the league. I think if he just gets a little bit of help um, from his from his guys and they're all like clicking on the same page, um, this offense could be fantastic. Um, especially with that offensive line. Um, if they just hit a high-end outcome um, and their average players look a little bit above average and Elijah Veritaker takes the next step and looks like more of an elite player um, and their depth pieces are nice, um, that's what could really put it over the top for me. And when things are clicking with Rodgers, he's he's pretty unstoppable, like I just said. Um, and at 100th percentile outcome, um, as it will be for the rest of this list, um, spoiler alert, um, it's the best QB in the league. Um, we've seen him win MVP just recently, and I don't think he's a sharply declined athlete um, from 2021. So um, just something more than that would give him uh, best quarterback in the league status again. Um, and then at the 25th percentile outcome and the 0th percentile outcome, for the 25th percentile outcome, um, he's suffered from injuries recently. Um, and I could see something like uh, a banged up O-line or maybe Garrett Wilson just kind of starting off slow or the chemistry kind of suffering. Um, that could drop him to like the 17th or 18th best quarterback in the league. Um, and then at the 0th percentile outcome, um, we, we can talk about Max Kellerman all we want, but the cliff is real. Um, he, he, he could hit it. Um, and at that point, we're just looking at maybe like the 25th to 26th best quarterback in the league. Um, and then for Zach Wilson, I think he's firmly confined to the backup range. Um, if Rodgers does suffer injuries like he did has in the past um, and has recently, um, he's forced to play. Could look anything from a solid backup to a low-end backup for his third stringer type. Um, and yeah, I'll pass it over to you to talk about uh, Rodgers and Wilson. Yeah, for sure. And I guess before I just jump into the, I guess, projections for him, I absolutely agree with you on like how Rodgers is like really, really dependent. Or I won't say dependent because it makes it sound different, but the team around him definitely changes how well he plays much more than most elite other elite quarterbacks. And you kind of see it with his career arc in general. I mean, I mentioned how in his like mid thirties and in like the mid 2000, 2010s, like he kind of has a little bit of a dull period and you can say it was because of a lot of injuries piling up and whatnot. But I, I really do believe a big reason why that was kind of like the down point of his career and why early in his career, he was obviously incredible. And then like recently we saw those back-to-back MVP years. Uh, that was maybe his best two-year stretch ever. And even the year before that, he was pretty damn good. It's because those were the best teams. Those were the only f- the early 2010s Packers teams. And then this like late 2010s, early 2020s Packers teams are by far the best rosters they put around him. There was a period in his career where he was making so much money and the Packers off the front office was just so incompetent uh, in drafting that they simply weren't able to put a good team around him. And as a result, you saw a big drop off. And for me, one thing that I I think has always been the biggest thing for him in terms of the team around him and why maybe this Jets thing will work out is whenever he's had that number one elite receiver, someone who's like one of the best receivers in the whole uh, NFL, he's been very, very good. And obviously you can say that about a lot of guys. Like, of course, it makes sense intuitively that that happens, but 
for him, it, it seems to affect him a lot more than others. And it doesn't have to be multiple weapons or multiple different positions. It's just one elite wide receiver really helps him out more than almost anyone else I can say, I feel like. And this Jets team has that with Garrett Wilson, I feel like. And he had that with like Adams, as I mentioned earlier on. It was the it was Jordy Nelson. There's always been that guy, and I could totally see uh, Rogers just pop off as a result of that. And I guess that leads naturally to the skill, what I rank him. And in terms of the fifty percent median outcome, I also believe I have him exactly where you have him, PD, somewhere in that nine ten range, just barely top ten. I think last year he was, for both of us, below average. I mean, we just went through the season. A lot of it was not pretty. And I don't think that's the level of quarterback he is. Like we just mentioned with the supporting cast, it changes him a lot. Now with a much better system, I think he kind of goes to where I see him as a quarterback now. I just don't think this is the same Rodgers that we saw one MVP a year or so ago. A lot of what happened last year was on him as well. Uh, obviously athletically he's declined a bit and he seems to honestly be a lot more out of it mentally than he was earlier on in his career with all the different things he's doing off the field and whatnot. Uh, I'm not really going to comment on that, but what like, you know, it seems to be putting him a little bit lower than he was before. And I see a lot of these other guys above him in that top eight range, just at this point, better talents than he is uh, at 40 years old. Uh, I get in my hundred percent uh, or high end outcome. I don't have him as high quite as you because I just simply don't see him turning back the clock enough to that two back to back MVP years. I just think his speed has and just explosion in general, just ability to play make has just declined too much for that to happen. He's going to be a firm pocket passer, and I think when you take away that part of Rogers' game, which is easily the best. That's what separated him from everybody else for so long. When that's not really as prominent, I think that's a little bit like, I guess, limiting him in terms of his high end. And for that, I think his best outcome here is somewhere in that like five to eight range. I could see him going up there if like the thing with Garrett Wilson really pops off. He gets a decent protection. This run game is going well. Obviously, we know the Jets defense is going to be good. So I can see all those things kind of fall in place and him becoming a 5-8 to eight quarterback, but that's the highest he can go. And for me, the lowest, I just also think he's way too talented to become anything worse than where he was roughly around last year. So somewhere in that maybe like 12 to six, uh, 16 or maybe an 18 range, like slightly above average or slightly below average. I could see him being a middle-of-the-pack quarterback if you know injuries affect him kind of like last year did or maybe the offensive line. I mean, we've seen time and time out in Green Bay where there's a questionable offensive line. Uh, Rodgers does tend to struggle a little bit, and he definitely has that with this Jets team. So that I could see it going that way. And with Zach Wilson, honestly, with him being so young and having so much talent, I have his, uh, his like – outcomes all over the place i also have him similarly ranked to you with his median level outcome he's just middle of the pack backup maybe somewhere in the 40s uh and i think that's probably like mid 40s and that's pretty clear to me i think he's shown time in time out he's not a starting quarterback in this league uh but his high-end outcome because he's got so much talent maybe rogers gets injured early and he starts to string games together or something like that 
because he's so talented, I'd say he could even be somewhere as high as like the 20 to 25 range in terms of quarterbacks. And that's a huge leap from where he is like right now in terms of being a pretty firm backup. And on the low end, I mean, you, we saw some of those low end games last year. Bro looked like he didn't even deserve to be on the field at some points. And if he does that more and more in the few times he does play, now he doesn't have as many games to mess around with. And if he has one, two games where he plays that way, he's going to be a pretty firm third string, maybe even falling out the league. Because some of those performances, honestly, if he wasn't a number two overall quarterback, he would be cut immediately. He wouldn't be here anymore. I think because of who he is, he survived those. But it can only go so long. All right. That'll be all from us in this one. A little bit longer than our recent ones, but... Um, I think yeah. that was good. That'll be all from us from this one. Make sure to like, leave a rating, do what you need to do on whatever platform that you're listening on. That'll be all from me. That'll be all from Cotton. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Yep. Peace. Peace.